0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. forty one ten podcast. I am your host Jacob Mahaffey, and you are listening to episode one. We have expanded the podcast from just doing morning devotions to actually sitting down two days a week and talking about people's faith walk with. All kinds of great guests. We have an amazing lineup. We have worship leaders, we have musicians, we have community leaders, we have pastors, we have teachers, and they're all coming together. They're all sitting down, and we're going to be talking about really three things. The first thing is we're going to talk about their faith walk. We're going to get to know how they got to know Christ. We're going to listen to how Christ has impacted them. Then we're going to talk about how they began to experience. The gospel of Jesus Christ. There it comes a point in time in our lives where the gospel goes from being just this story in our lives to becoming this real living, breathing thing that impacts us every single day. And so we're going to find out what that moment was and what it was like for our guests. And then we're going to talk to them about what's breaking their heart right now. And this, I think, is very important because there's a lot of Tough conversations that we as a church need to be having. We need to to talk about things. We're going to be talking about such things like unity and, and discipleship and um, science and and truth. These are all very important things, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the things that we're going to talk about. And the reason we want to talk about them is because what we're what I'm finding is that the things that are breaking our hearts are the exact same things that are holding people back from fully committing to a walk with Christ. And I think that when we get that out in the open, it begins to allow people to think about their next steps in their lives. And so then we also have something really cool. Um, I am a very ADHD person. So when I listen to podcasts, I tend to be all over the place. After about 10, 15 minutes, my train of thought just begins to go away. So when I said, you know what, we're, I'm going to do this podcast and I'm going to expand it, I want to have music. And boy, do I have music. And it's not just acoustic praise and worship music, although we do have that. In fact, a song that we're going to be listening to first coming up is, is that style of music. But we're actually going to have the entire gamut. There's going to be a little bit of hip-hop. There's going to be some some rock, some heavy rock, some hardcore, metalcore, punk, ska. You name it, it's going to be there. I like to say that it's kind of like listening to the playlist of a Tony Hawk game. Now, I do understand that these songs sometimes don't sit well with some people and I hope that that doesn't deter you from listening to the podcast because what I'm doing is if you look on whatever app you're you're listening to this on underneath the show notes there's a chapter section and each time that there's a chapter break like say from chapter one to chapter two well that's how you would skip the song so let's say a song comes on you don't want to hear just hit the next chapter and the interview will pick up right there. Now, I like I said, I hope you guys hang out and actually listen to all the music, but if not, I won't be offended and quite frankly, I will never know. Now, today's guest is an awesome guest. We're going to be talking about some pretty deep stuff. Her name is Melanie Blanco, and she is the bass player for Southern California punk rock band Dulos. Now, Dulos is signed to Thumper Punk records and let me ask you this question which came first the instrument playing or the band she's going to answer that question too and just wait till you hear her story of how she came to faith in jesus christ all right we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we will sit down and talk with melanie blanco of Dulos. You know, for me, music is an essential part of life. The songs on my Apple Music provide me with a soundtrack to my daily activities, and it is amazing to me how hearing a song can help me to recall memories, emotions, or even moods. And this is why I am striving every episode to bring you great music during the podcast but we could use your help. Are you a musician or are you in a band looking for someplace to feature your music? Or maybe you know a musician or band that you think would be a great fit for the podcast. Well, let me know. You can message me on the Mission 4110 Facebook page or the Instagram page or on Twitter, or even send me an email to mission4110 at gmail.com. And who knows? The next music break could feature you.
1: stranger to pain. You've been hurting so long and you've been so afraid that you'll always be alone. We'll i right beside you in the dark he will give you peace only you give him your heart so have you met my friend jesus
0: All right, I am joined today on the Mission 4110 podcast by Melanie Blanco. Now, Melanie is the bass player for Dulos, and Dulos is a street punk band from Riverside, California. Their debut release, The Middleman, was released in January of 2021. Melding hardcore punk and metal, the band was, has created a unique sound reflecting their early beginnings as a car club filled with lowriders and rat rods, cholos and punk rockers. The band is unafraid to express their faith, but also their personal shortcomings, genuinely reflecting the challenges and trials of life. Lyrically, the band demonstrates a strength that only comes with forgiveness and redemption through faith and from staying the course with your beliefs. Don't be blindly swayed to the left or to the right. Stay on the straight and narrow. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
2: Of course. Yeah, good, man. And it's really good to be here. It's exciting to be able to uh,
0: share our story. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's do this easily. Tell us about yourself.
2: Well, um, I was born and raised out here in Riverside, California. And um, I think my uh, walk in the beginning was uh, probably not your typical. I was not raised in the church at all. My parents were not believers. Um, My dad's an atheist. My mom is just currently a brand new believer. And um, they were divorced when I was pretty young. And uh, I became pretty much um, one of the Riverside punk kids you know by the time I was about 11 years old and you know running the streets and just you know living in squats and and not being your typical little you know sweet skater so to speak but you know living the pretty hard life Mm -hmm. pretty fast and by the time I was uh, 14 I was up and out of the house I wasn't even living at home anymore Um, I think the funny thing was is that when I was really young I had aunts and uncles definitely sharing their faith and, um, you know, every once in a while they'd take us to church and, um, I liked doing it. It was, it was a neat experience and, um, I felt the love. Um, I think that it was genuine and I liked the, the Sunday school, you know, Jesus loved you, you know, this, I know for the Bible tells me so. And I, I think I really clinched on to that, um, But that being said, the funny thing is, is I think that a lot of people can get, um, well, let me just go on by stating that basically when I was young, my mom developed a really bad drug addiction. And it was really funny how the Lord was able to reach into my life through that. And how he basically did it with me is that she literally had a Coke dealer that was working with the band Striper at that time. Oh, really? That's yeah, and cool. yeah, that's far out, right? And <laughs> I remember being at his house and sitting at the dinner table there. And there was all this madness on the table and like straws and just all this craziness. And I was like, you know, and they're thinking since I'm just such a little girl, I was probably only about maybe six or seven. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what these things were. But, you know, children are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. But I remember him sending us off with um, all of the Striper albums you know, and at that time, you have to understand that crossover from hair metal into, you know, into secular mainstream metal, like they were on, you know, headbangers ball, you know, and yeah. it was like far out. And I was all about the cheesy hairband, you know, that was like life for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember like to hell with the devil. And I remember like, the lyric of that being so like far out and it just um saying that you know you know he's he they said to speak of the devil he's no friend of mine to turn from him is what we have in mind he says he's just a liar and a thief and I was like sitting here like man this really and and looking from the perspective as an adult today I could have totally been like this is hypocrisy what I'm seeing and how I'm experiencing this truth Mm -hmm. and this understanding of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even have like a problem with how I got it. I had no hang up. I had no, like it didn't bother me that I got a Christian album from my mom's Coke dealer. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) have a problem with that at all. And I just knew that he he was the one that I was able to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, my life went on from there and it wasn't good. Um, I was very much still on the streets and um, had gotten pregnant as a teen mom by the time I was 15. And uh, I now have my 24 year old son and uh, life was really bad. I mean, I was in, I was 14 in juvenile hall. And I remember when I was in isolation one night um, after just leaving a Catholic uh, mass
3: mm-hmm.
2: and going in there and knowing the history of like all that, the remnant that God had already been there. I'd given my life over to the Lord right there in that, in that room. <laughs> And that's the thing is people are like, what's the day that you got saved, you know? And I'm like, "Hmm, well, that's not really my experience. I don't know. I don't know what day that was. I Mm -hmm. don't, I just knew that at that point I needed him. And that, um, from there on my life really sucked for a lot of years after that, you know, I didn't have, um, necessarily mentors. I didn't have people really showing me what a life with Christ was supposed to look like. And if they did, I sure as heck didn't want that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want their version of what that looked like because I didn't think it was genuine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, years went on and I met my husband and I was his drug dealer. That would be Ed Boy, the lead singer. Mm -hmm. And, um, he met me when my son was four. And, uh, I guess, you know, we, we ended up getting pregnant with our second child, that is now 19, and she's in her second semester at um, Calvary Chapel Bible College out here in Marietta. That's awesome. And our son graduated. He already did, you know, his semesters and finished that. Now he's on working for Tesla in his white <laughs> privilege. <preference>. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so now we've been married almost 20 years, and the Lord, we've didn't, you know, it's like in the beginning, my husband was raised Catholic, in a Catholic background. And by 2003, when we had our, our first daughter together um, he just knew that like something had to change in our life. Like mm-hmm. there had to be something more than just this, um, this belief that we had. And I, and that kind of leads me to um, the John 15, one eight, you know what I mean? Where, where Jesus says that I, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now he's, remember, this is still in the vine. It's not burning that vine. He says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So I knew that I was already saved. I knew that I was already abiding in him, but he had to lift me up. He had to help me so to speak, not prune me because I wasn't bearing fruit at all, but he had to lift me up and take, keep me away from all the other people. Cause I was causing a mess and he had to help through the power of his Holy spirit to develop all of that stuff. So yeah, that's, you know, basically we've done nothing since 2003, you know, but living our life, um, completely, um, to just doing ministry. That's our whole existence.
0: Wow. That, that's a powerful story. Wow. Um, so let me ask you this. And and that whole story, when did the gospel hit you? When did it become like this is real in my life?
2: You know, brother, I think that a lot of people are able to pinpoint something like that. Yeah, I just I'm going to be honest with you. And I can't say this is everybody's experience. But I just knew that the first time that I spoke to him, like who he was. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where I'm I'm grasping at what you're saying, and I'm glad that you premise it that way. I'm yeah. glad that you say, when did you fully experience? Because this is the thing is, I think that I'm continuing to experience it on an ongoing basis, mm-hmm. because I think that, you know, as well as I know, if you've been walking with the Lord for any given, you know, duration of time, the gospel message becomes um, very, Um, cliche to people Mm -hmm. and it becomes very like you don't understand the full encompassment of like what the gospel message means and I think that it's just like um, I can say it in the in the sense where when I was a child like for instance, I mean, everything in my life is based off of like the understanding of story or music. And I remember, like I was telling you, like I knew the lyric, you know, Jesus loves me this, I know for the Bible tells me so, but I didn't recall or remember them ever singing the other verse that says the Bible tells me. So Jesus loves me who died have, um, and heaven's gate open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. And so I understood John three sixteen. I didn't understand Romans 9, 10, that mm-hmm. I had to speak in with my mouth and confess with my tongue that, you know what I mean? It wasn't something that was a, I think it was something that definitely took time for me and probably didn't bear fully encompassment until probably my mid twenties.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. But it was good enough where yeah. I was at.
0: It's, it's a learning experience from the, yeah as you completely go, it's like, God reveals himself every single day to me. Yeah.
2: It's, His grace is far out.
0: Right. It's yeah. Grace that I don't think anybody deserves, but we get it anyway. And yes, yeah, that's sure. so awesome. All right. Before we go into a break, I'm going to ask you this question you can either answer it right now and we'll talk about it after, or give you some time to think about it. Okay. What is it that breaks your heart right now?
2: Well, I think that's a, you're, you're talking to a person that has heavy burden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I carry heavy burden. And I think right now more than anything is, I think that's a twofold situation. I, and one of them we can talk about after the break, but right now being in the fact that we are a ministry, and we actually run a church out of our home.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's, the, it's the division and the lack of discipleship in, in the church today, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It's the um, corporate structure and the brick and mortar. And then not only that, but the little church um, being divisive toward the big church. It's, it's both directions. That's why we have such a heavy stance on not getting swayed from the left or the right that we understand our position as people of Christ to be the bridge to the gap between both places where we do not become jaded ourselves, but we also don't become complacent and compromise. And that, you know what I mean? My fear and what breaks my heart is fearing that I could ever become part of that problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will really dive into that. All right here on the Mission 4110 podcast.
1: I'm getting colder.
3: I feel the static of pain in the sea. And I'm getting colder. And I'm getting colder.
0: Welcome back to the Mission 4110 podcast. We are joined by Melanie Blanco of the band, Dulos. And before the break, she was telling us what breaks her heart. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Let's talk about this division within the church. Where are you coming from on that one?
3: Well,
2: gosh, I mean, we started in the beginning. um, We attended a very large church. And those are our brothers and sisters. And you're not going to catch me talking no smack because it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Those are my people. We learned so much there. Um, we were part of youth group there for, you know, 14 or 15 years. And um, there was so much growth in it, you know, and there was a lot of spiritual maturity that we went through, but it's considered what we called our Mayberry phase, where, you know, I had completely left the punk scene and it was something that I don't necessarily know if it was a conviction more you know by God than it was by man and I'm saying my personal man because it was something that I was creating and it was one of those things where you know in our ministry there it was hilarious because I mean I literally developed friends in the church that had to teach me how to dress They actually literally had to like, well, they weren't trying to teach me. Don't let me get that twisted. I needed their help to feel like I wasn't out of place, Hmm. so to speak there. You know what I mean? I didn't. I mean, and it was for it was simply the fact that I didn't want to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was like I was so in this place of legalism that I didn't even realize that I was in for myself And it was, it was more for me, you know, than anything. And so what it is, is that, you know, through our growth process in a large church and knowing that over a long duration of time, that the father definitely had us there to become the difference, to be the, the change there, because there was a lot of things that we broke our heart there. There was a lot of things that we were like, man, it's like, do you guys see what's going on here. Do you realize that that homeless person that's sitting on the step, they just want somebody to come hug them. Yeah. They just want a meal and that they're not a nuisance. Yeah. And it was funny because I remember one day me and Eddie had gone into the coffee shop and there was this guy in there and he was like, look at all these Bibles. And he was obviously looking like he just probably got out of the hospital And he had his little, his little plastic bag. And it was hilarious because he was looking at all the Bibles. He was just like, so confused. But the lady behind the counter was terrified. She was just like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this guy. And I was just like, it's cool, sis. It's fine. And so we're just asking him, hey, do you have any questions? You know what I mean? How's it going? And Mm -hmm. he was like, man. He goes, I lost my Bible at the bus stop. And he goes, I didn't realize how expensive these things were, you know? And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm telling you they are very expensive, but it's going to be the best investment you ever make. And how can we help you? You know what I mean? And so we just got him a Bible and it just wasn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And then we shared a meal with him. And it was funny because as he got his meal, he like walked far away and went and sat in the corner and we're just like, what are you doing? Come up, man. Like, let's like, let's sit and like eat. And, and that's the thing is that we understood that it wasn't her job. That wasn't the lady's job behind the counter to do that. You know, she was fearful because she didn't understand it. And there was no requirement for her to do so because we were there and we weren't going to get upset with her. We were not going to hold her responsible for that situation. But that being said, fast forward so many years, the, God, the Lord calls us out of the large church and he says, now I'm going to be putting you guys back into the scene. And I was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't even grasp that but he did and we realized the big divide because going out and the lord calling us back out into the scene was not received well it wasn't received well at all and you know it was viewed upon as um very like basically you know we might as well just be a christian in a bar i'm all one going to be because i'm going to be playing at one next week (laughs) You yes. know what I mean? I'm yes. all but like, you know, your guys' perspective of, of our position, I understand. And we and we had to take hours upon hours upon hours of time um, sitting with people to gain understanding because I think it's our job. And and the back to the question that you answered about um, the division in the church is that I think the church reacts and responds to one another in a way because they lack perspective. Mm. They lack. Any type of real perspective on on the big picture of what things are going on. And and my heart breaks for even the small church that views the large church as whatever such instead of interceding on their behalf, Mm -hmm. because there's such, you know, big things that can could be ministered through the large church. And through our small churches, you know what I mean? Obviously we're, we're more geared towards discipleship and, and, but there's, there's so much to be said about that as well. You know what I mean? Is, you know, it's, it's always a tug of war. It's always a, are you, you know, I find with large churches, whenever you have one of the members going to a smaller church, it's like, it's the doctrine, right? Are they reading word, word, word for the Bible? It's like, you know what? Pray, pray mm-hmm. that that be the case. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, nickel and diming everything and doing this fine tooth comb, it's like, where are we not just joined in union to make sure that the gospel message is being proclaimed?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's really powerful stuff. Um, it's it's crazy how you said that, you know, when you went back into the scene, people kind of like raised their eyebrows and were kind of inquisitive as to why you would do that. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it always um it always amazes me how the church seems to think that we have to be this prim proper, mm-hmm. but Jesus was one hundred percent counterculture, yeah, and everybody forgets that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think what you guys did was awesome. You took Jesus back to the scene where mm-hmm. he needed to be and that's, yeah, that's so awesome let's let's talk a little bit about lack of discipleship what do you, What mm-hmm. do you mean by that?
2: Well, I think that with us, when we were part of the large church, it was weird because I think that the Lord with us knew our, gave us our own personal responsibility to be Bereans and to be people that um, got into our word ourselves. But that's not always the case with people. People are, we're you know we're not naturally disciplined to do such things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that with in the large church, I think the thing that we really lacked. And, and and maybe it was just because God knew exactly who we were, but nobody wanted to come alongside us and actually really help us to grow. You know what I mean? The Bible is very clear about what our job is. You know what I mean? It's like, first there's the believer, you know, or first there's the non-believer, then there's the believer, then there's the disciple, and then the apostle. And, and there's a, there's development. And that's the thing is when we're so hyper-focused on, on doing, having such a structure to everything, and then all of a sudden when you're not meeting, the structure, and then your emphasis is laser-focused, and this is not, I'm not saying I'm the church that I was necessarily in, on making sure that you reach this attaining, or you get shunned, you know, or if somebody messes up, you know, it's like, you know, it's, I think with us, what it is today is that the father really showed us, one, our personal responsibility. That was key. That was key. But two, that there are those people that are just as stubborn as us and have a really hard time, whether it be you know learning disabilities or drug addiction, ADD, whatever it is that keeps them so focused on squirreling from the left to the right, that it's not about sitting here and you know, banging the Bible over their head, but it's coming alongside them, asking them like, you know, what's going on in your life? How can we help you with that? How can I like really get into the understanding of who you are as a human being? So like, I mean, down to the core, because everybody learns differently. Hence, you know what I mean? The, the people of old in the Old Testament, you know, there's a reason why God had to go people in dreams and he had to go to people in the burning bush and he had to, you know, go to people in these ways because sometimes, yeah, we have the Bible in front of us and we understand that with much is given, much is required, but these people need to be met right where they're at and they need to be developed and we need to help nurture the seed. You know what I mean? It's, it's a responsibility. I feel that it's extremely important.
0: So what would you say to the person that's listening today that has the exact same issues with what's with your what's breaking your heart as you do right now with with the division that they're seeing in the church and this lack of discipleship? What would you say to them?
2: Well, I would say intercede and be the difference yourself because you're not going to be able to get it from anybody else. Good luck with that. And do not let it create roots of bitterness within you that's going to create you to be a rigid Christian. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing is, I think more than anything, what we've learned in our ministry is that as soon as you're starting to become rigid and get angry towards a, you know, one side or the other, it's because you've become the problem yourself. And that's the thing is, I cannot change another person's responsibility inside of their faith. I can't. I can't change that, but I can change and I can do something about what I'm called to do. And that's number one, that's my job. You know what I mean? And so more than anything to make sure that your heart's right, you know, always be checking the weights and balances on yourself, checking your temperature, you know what I mean? And, um, when something breaks your heart, pray and intercede and then do something about it. Don't just talk.
0: All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the band Dulos. was a warhead by the Dulos here on the mission 4110 podcast and we are joined by melanie blanco melanie tell us a little bit about the band
2: well this band like you stated in our bio before was not um started as a band we actually um our guitar player we met him at our church and he was sitting in the cafe with his other hoodlum friend and they were young and it happens to be that um we were part of uh, junior high and high school ministry at that time. And we were doing this thing called soul patrol. And we were always going out looking for the kids that were like, you know, just on campus and not going to to study or whatever. And these two little metal heads were always kind of just sitting in the cafe. And so we just decided just to start hanging out with them, not trying to get them to go into classes. That's not where they wanted to be. You know what I mean? But just like meeting them right there at the table. And just hanging out with them and then one day we just started going to shows together and we went to this show out in Downey and we um met this guy Jet Wilson that came up to us that just kind of thought we were a band and so like I just didn't tell him we weren't and uh he was like can we do an interview with you guys and i was like yeah man let's do the interview let's like make it happen and he was like cool man so i'm gonna come back here in like five minutes with my my audio crew and my visual crew and we're gonna do you know live one right here and i was like fine let's do this and the guys are looking at me like what are you doing and i'm all well he wants to interview us as a band and they're all but we're not a band and i'm all oh we are now <laughs> <laughs> and so he comes up and he just puts it on and and uh he was like, So I'm live here with uh what's your guys' band's name? And it was our car club, Dulos. And I'm like, Dulos out of Riverside. He's like, Cool. So, you know, we're gonna be having this upcoming event, you know, in two months and uh we're gonna need an opener band, you know, are you guys willing to play? And I was like, Yeah. For sure, man, you know what I mean didn't play anything, didn't play an instrument at all no, it kind of played for a little while and Eddie was like, "What?" and I'm just like, yeah, we'll be ready. it's fine, <laughs> you know and so that was basically the start of that and that was about five years ago wow. and so the first shows, the first recordings that we have, the ones on YouTube were, painfully horrible I mean painfully horrible but it's just like I say about my childhood pictures I'm ashamed of nothing (laughs) (laughs) I liked who I was then
0: (laughs) well we'll throw a link up to the YouTube page so people can check out I know it's hilarious it's awful (laughs) that's cool so is the middleman your first album or our
2: first ep yeah this is the first things that have ever been released on recording at all yeah Uh,
0: all
2: right yeah
0: so so tell us a little bit about the album
2: so well it was a labor of love Mm -hmm. um there is you have on this ep five songs uh a couple which are a little bit older garden blues being the oldest of the songs that are completely it's completely a different song than anything else that's on uh the recording solely based off of the fact that we were still developing we didn't even know what our sound was completely yet we knew that each one of us had um a love and a passion for different genres i obviously came from a very um hair metal new wave uh gore punk background and uh noah our guitarist he is very metal thrash our our drummer being very um You know, classic rock and skate punk, my husband being very hardcore skate punk, so everybody was fighting constantly on like what our drive and motivation, you know, sound wise was going to be, but you know what I mean, I wasn't going to apologize for that and we weren't going to say oh this EP all the songs have to follow the same rules you know and they just they weren't going to you know what i mean none of our music does like some of the music that we're trying to develop right now has a lot of like body count stuff you know type feel to it you know what i mean more right. old school 90s you know hip-hop and thrash
0: really but
2: that's, that's yeah great. yeah but it's you know i think that but what was the question again on
0: <laughs> the the inspiration behind the album the middleman and the, the well, inspiration behind the, the title. Yeah,
2: yeah. the middleman is, I think, exactly kind of like what we've been talking about is being the person and being the people that bridge the gap between any type of divider, mm-hmm. any type of divider, whether it be the church in the church, the lost in the church, whatever it is that we're always going to be. And if you see the album cover, it's really funny because it's always, you know, if you Eddie does all of our art, he mm-hmm. does all of the lyrics and he you know, it's pretty deep because you have all the punks of the scene trying to, you know, bark in your ear, you know, all of this politic and then you have everybody in the church trying to do their politic and we're just like, dude, like, first of all, punks, where'd your anarchy go? Because all of a sudden now you're all political and you've already broken all your rules (laughs) and then you, church, where's all the love? Like, you know what? Y'all suck and you know what? Like, everybody just needs to calm down and, you know, Take a breath. Namaste.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) So we're getting getting ready to listen to a song off the album called My Pledge. Tell us about that song. What was the inspiration and and the driving force behind that song?
2: Well, it's kind of a twofold. I think um, when Eddie wrote this, you have to understand that we all kind of come from a little bit different um, mindsets. But this one... Obviously, whenever you start off with the lyric, I should never do this alone, even when the arts are stacked against me, when the world seems to follow its clones till the end, I'm going to fight with fury. You know, obviously, it's making sure that you're having that that three braided cord, you know what I mean? That constant making sure that you're surrounded by the body of Christ in order to maintain strength. And then we already understand going into this world that the odds are stacked against us. It's just far out. It's just known. And if you're a Christian and you're in your standing, you know what I mean? You should know that everything is not going to be peachy all the time. We know that, you know, there's going to be trials, but they're going to create perseverance and strength and hope. But on this, it's like everybody else, even in the church, outside of the church are always trying to follow into this category or this place of, of how it's supposed to look. And everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses and always trying to fit into this mold. And we're not going to do that. And we're until the end, it's like, you know, Paul States, we're going to, you know, in Hebrews 12, he says wrong with endurance, this race set out before you, you know what I mean? Keeping your eyes focused on Christ, you know what I mean? And we got to do this and we got to be shedding off all of this stuff that keeps on holding us back, you know? And then he also is going through this with the mindset that you have to understand Eddie's, um, Eddie and Noah are both straight edge. And so they come into it with their, their mindset of being pure and having, you know, their stance on, you know, no drinking, no drugs and, and all those things. And I don't want you to say that I'm not for those things, but I just don't put the title on it. I don't put the title up for myself as straight edge because I I can do what I want. I just choose not to, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because I want to be a good example. And so when you hear um, and it says right here, you know, this pledge I make this vow, I take my word. I swear this cross I bear. And it's kind of like whenever you one, take that concept that I was just talking about. And then also, You know what I mean? You can sit there and go into the whole Levitical law and go into the whole, you know, taking the vow and all that. But it's more of some people have to write out a spiritual contract in order for them to gain their strength. And I, you know what I mean? This is where we do have some views um, that are a little bit different. I I don't feel like I have, I don't, don't tell me to sign a contract. I'm free, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can do what I want, but I'm not going to, because I know I can. Whereas some people are like, no, I need this in order for me to be stronger. Cause I need to be a person of my word. And so neither's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just different. Yeah. And so he goes into the next part where he's talking about, you know, like it's where he says, not a way to put on each other, never meant to judge one another. And so he's making sure that he's being very clear that this is for me. You know what I mean? I, I need you to explain, you know, need to express to you that it's my choice to be pure. You know what I mean? That it's, it's a freedom that we have, you know what I mean? And it's cause that's a, that's a cliche mindset to, to people that have lived in our background. They're like, dude, you're not free. And I'm like, no, actually we are. You're the one that's locked up. Mm. You know what I mean? You're the one that's in these chains and we've broken free from all that stuff. So now we have the choice to be pure and to be living, you know, the life that we live now.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's take a listen. Here is my pledge by Dulos. All right, so that was my pledge by Dulos. And like I said, we are joined by Melanie Blanco, the bass player for Dulos. And we want to just thank you once again for joining us on the Mission 41 Cent podcast. Where can people find you guys?
2: Oh, well, that's the hilarious thing. Um you can find us on any of the streaming platforms, but the looking for us is a whole different thing. We had to change our name because there were so many other bands that were named Dulos. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to find us on any platform on at X X H C. And yeah, so good luck finding us. I mean, you can't miss the album cover. It's pretty, pretty far out. So, I mean, if you're looking for it you can see the man on it. So, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So, before we get out of here, do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to impart on us? A closing, if you will.
2: A closing. Well, I think just like we uh, we said before, I think my life's motto is um, straight from the Bible. It's, you know, run this race that's set before you, keeping mm-hmm. your eyes focused on Christ. You know, he's the author and finisher of our faith, and He's uh, he's it'll be the one who guides and directs. So be about it.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and joining us. Take care.
2: For sure. You too.
0: Did you just enjoy listening to that interview? You know, as Christians, we all have this faith walk that we are on, and each journey is unique to us. Nobody's nobody else's journey is exactly the same. And on the Mission 4110 podcast, we are trying to share those journeys with people. And just like the interview that you just heard, you too could be on the Mission 4110 podcast. You know, if you think that your story is something that would impact somebody else's life, and that your story may just help someone experience the gospel of Jesus Christ, well then, Shoot me a message, whether it's on the Mission4110 Facebook page, or the Instagram page, Twitter, or even an email at mission4110.com. I want to hear from you. Tell me your story. Share it with me. And who knows? We may just be interviewing you next. Hi, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Melanie. And her story is just so amazing, isn't it? To, to think about some of the stuff that she was saying and, and her thoughts on this whole lack of unity and division and, and lack of discipleship. They're, they're pretty profound and they give you something to think about. You know, one thing that she didn't mention in the interview was that her, she and her husband, who is Ed Boy or Eddie Blanco. He's the lead singer of the band. They have a church in their living room. And it's a really cool church. It's called Threshing Floor, if you ever get a chance to check it out. But the day we were interviewing, Eddie and a bunch of other guys were actually in the backyard building a building for their children's ministry, because it's just a growing and thriving church. I urge you guys to check it out. Now, as I sat back and I listened to her interview again, I started thinking about the lack of discipleship. And well, I would agree. It seems to be an issue that we have in the, in the global church right now. It's almost as if we've come up with this whole idea that Christianity is a, is a me, myself, and I thing. you know. It's almost become almost my thing. This is my thing that I do and, and my thing that I concern myself with. But in actuality, it was never set up to be a solo thing. It was built around this whole idea of, of community and taking each other under their wing, our wings and taking each other aside and, and teaching and learning from one another. In fact, it's all part of that great commission. Let me just read it to you guys really quick. This actually comes from Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to start right in the middle of verse 18. And This is Jesus talking and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus wanted a, wanted his disciples to go out and to begin teaching and forming groups of people and churches. And, and it was the grand design that this whole community would be would be established for Christ. And I want you to think for a minute, what if the disciples would have just said, okay, well, he's gone. Let's just go back to our own lives. Where would we be right now? No, but instead the disciples, they went out and they formed churches. They they planted churches all over the place. And we are part of that spiritual genealogy. If it wasn't for Peter and James and, and John and Paul and, and the other disciples we wouldn't be where we are today. And the problem is that the church isn't done. We need to make sure that we continue that group of community, that that feeling of, of togetherness, of, of doing things in groups. Because if not, well, the church is going to die. It's as simple as that. If we start to try to bear the burdens all ourselves, we're in trouble. Well, guys, that was episode one, and I hope you enjoyed it. Now, episode number two... Is set to air on April 6th. And on that episode, we're going to be talking about sexual sin. And our guest that day is going to be Damon Covert from Principal 8 Ministries. And he's also a singer-songwriter. Now, we heard his song at the very beginning of this episode: Have You Met My Friend Jesus? And we're going to talk about that song as well. But he's really going to be focusing on sexual sin, something that he struggled with. Take a listen. Well, you know things aren't a problem until they're a problem mm-hmm. um you know it's
4: it's it's like michael jordan said about gambling you know he had these huge gambling debts and things like that but he said it's only a problem if you can't pay the bill you know and for a lot of years i never had to pay the bill you know there there really wasn't any downside for me as i saw it you know in in recover we talk about uh having a, a god of your own understanding you know and that that's something I very much understood because the God of my understanding in my act of addiction was me. I was the ultimate authority in the universe, what was right and what was wrong. And even when I did something I thought was wrong, I could still rationalize it, still justify it, you know. And, and that was um, – and usually I got away with it, you know, and, and, and or I hid it from, you know, people. I, I hid it from obviously the, the people I was in relationships with. Um, you know, I hid it from certain groups of friends because they just wouldn't understand. Um, and even among the friends that would kind of understand, you know, it wasn't really a problem.
0: All right, everybody. I can't believe it. That is episode one in the books. I am so excited. Take a deep breath. It's been a lot of buildup for it. A lot of work and it's time for episode two. And like I said, that'll be airing on April 6th. But in the meantime, can you do me a favor? Can you share the podcast? If if this message spoke to you, or even if it maybe didn't, share it with your friends. Let them hear it. Who knows? Maybe somebody is struggling with just the exact same thing that we talked about today. And then, can you go and rate the podcast? It helps us to get the message out even more. And, then, if you want even more Mission 4110, you can look us up, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and you can find us at all those places, or if you wanna give some feedback, you know, hit me up an email, mission4110 at gmail.com. All right, everyone, new podcasts are gonna air every first and third Tuesday of the month, and we also have our morning moments, which air every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For the Mission 4110 podcast, I am Jacob Mahaffey. Now, remember to keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Everybody take care and God bless.